Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. Sal Capaccio joining us from Indianapolis. Combine rolling through. We heard from Sean McDermott earlier in the week. Brandon Bean yesterday. Coverage of the Combine on WGR brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Fast, sustainable weight loss, then free support for life. Awaken180weightloss.com and by Outlet Liquor when you need to stock up. It's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Jeremy White and Nate Geary. Nate's in for Joe today, and we welcome in Sal. Sal, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Was there a crazy storm there last night? I've seen some, uh, you know, the NFL world reporting tornado sirens. Was it nasty? That's wild to me. Like, okay, um, I am looking. At, it must have been overnight, which goes to show you I wasn't out too late last night, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I know I don't. Um, I, I am. I am actually just opening up I'm in my hotel right now, and I'm opening up the window, and I do see, like, that it's wet outside. It was not wet when I got back to my room last night, and um, that was after dinner and being out. It was not bad. Listen. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because Brian Mazeroski on WBN just asked me the same kind of question. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. So I guess that means I slept pretty well. I don't know. Good. Very good. Hey, nothing wrong with sleeping well. All right. Well, on to <laughs> other business then. We heard from Brandon Bean. He spoke with the media. He he got a couple good lines in about trading up for Josh Allen, like thinking thinking back to doing that. Um, so, you know, as we as we look for the rest of this week, 
You know, Bean will be watching players. They'll be going through drills. They'll be taking measurements. What's his? Uh, what's the? What's the GM's general tone right now about about the state of the team? Because it seems like there's a general belief that they need this draft. I mean, every team needs their drafts to go well. But right now, the the the, the changing of the guard, that's not what I'm looking for. But you, you know what I'm saying. Like they're, they're entering a different window, and this draft looks like the start of that. Yeah, so Brandon Bean spoke yesterday. There was a bunch he touched on. Um, I think, first and foremost, the salary cap situation. So, you know, before we even get to the draft, they're going to shape their team through free agency. And obviously you're here with the draft and prospects, but this is where all that, as you know, starts to, you know, the, the groundwork gets laid for a lot of that. And last week, the NFL announced that the salary cap was going up to $255 million. Now, that's a $30 million jump or so. It's the highest jump it's ever had. The reason why is because if you guys go back to the COVID year, and you remember the league, there was borrowed money that put into escrow, basically, that they took away that's now being repaid and put back into that into that pool where – it grows the salary cap. And the reason I bring all that up is no one kind of knew that was really going to happen. So Brandon Bean said yesterday, guys, they were budgeting for 240s. Well, I don't know how much money the, you guys ever found the most in your pocket, but Brandon Bean essentially found $10 million laying around in his pocket to spend in free agency and to have available. And he said it made him smile. And look, it doesn't mean the Bills are going to go out and sign the top free agents and um, you know be able to wildly spend. But when you're a team that's tight against the cap, when you're a team that's strapped like that, it does give an ability to do a couple extra things um, that maybe you didn't think you were going to do. So he said it was unexpected, 255. They were budgeting 240s. They were even thinking they were happy if it was close to 250. And then they get it to 255. So I think that's where you start with how you, he's going to shape the roster going forward. Yeah, thinking about that that influx of money, you know, finding $10 million in your pocket, every team gets that space. But, Self, I'm trying to make any sort of – Okay, who does who benefits from this? I do think it's the teams that are over because now they don't have to do nearly as much either to a get under the cap or they don't have to do as much to their future cap if they wanted to get compliant. W- would you agree? I mean, I, again, it helps everybody, but I feel like if I'm a team that's over, I'm feeling like okay, I don't have to do as much. A hundred percent right, and I guess you know you look at it this way, like. You're the Tennessee Titans, right? They were already scheduled to be about $80 million under the cap. Like, have $80 million in salary cap space. Now they have 90 Does it really change that much what the Tennessee Titans are going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, I don't know, think it does. They're going to they're gonna probably have big numbers on guys and go out and spend a few things. But, yeah, can they get an extra guy or throw a few extra million to someone to entice them? Sure. I think you can do that. But I think that's right, Jeremy. What really happens is... It's the teams that are tight that say, well, now we don't have to release somebody we were going to release. Now we don't have to restructure somebody we were going to restructure. You know what? Maybe we didn't think we'd get Gabe Davis back or A.J. Epinesa or Daquan Jones, but we can throw a little bit more their way, you know, put it in a manner that's not going to crush us down the road. And that was the other thing that Brandon Bean talked about, which is doing these restructures. By the way, they already restructured Connor McGovern. We heard that a couple of days ago. He said they're working on doing others as well. Doing these restructures, doing these other deals, even extensions he talked about without really you know, crippling themselves salary cap wise in a couple of years. And what this does, it at least allows them to not have to do that and go fully on as much as they may have had to. Sal, let me ask you about strategy then. Like if you're Brandon Bean and, and 
you've been around the franchise long enough to kind of know how he operates. And I, I'm wondering from a salary cap space perspective, do you think when he gets this thing back to black, which I he's going to have to do. So the question I guess I have for you is after they get back to camp compliance, do you get aggressive in terms of we just want to make as much logical space as we can make? Or do you make that space based on the players you think you're going to go after in free agency with the idea that like, hey, we want to sign X, Y, and Z, and we think we'll need $10 million of salary cap space this year to complete those moves. Do we want to get to 12 as a buffer? Or are we trying to say we want to get to the number, the maximum number of potential space this offseason in order to keep that flexibility? Like what? Is it more strategic, or is it just saying, here's the benchmark we want to be at, let's get there, here's how we're going to do it? It's a good question. I think it's always evolving, Nate. I think that what happens is, you know, you have a benchmark you want to get to to kind of operate, and then you have to be flexible from there. You don't know who's going to become available, right? I mean, think about the fact of, let's say you're going through free agency, and this happens every year, right? And suddenly, a guy becomes available that you didn't, expect i mean last year with deandre hopkins right in his situation you know you that was later in free agency it was in march he still was unsigned but you know maybe a team finds some money for him you have to be able to evolve i always remind people there's a it happened here in buffalo with they they thought they signed jd mckissick two years ago from washington so because of that they couldn't afford levi wallace even at a pretty no lower salary but not, not a big salary so levi signs with the pittsburgh steelers well, J.D. McKissick suddenly says, I'm not going to Buffalo and, you know, reneges on the contract. And now they don't have Levi Wallace, who they would have used that money for. So that could have been another million dollars, though, even or whatever. But you have to be flexible in that regard to be able to do it. All of these things impact one another. So I think you have to be flexible. What if, you know, you you have a guy get injured even, you know, it could happen. Naeem Hines got hurt last year, remember, early on in, you know, the, in, in the offseason. I think you always have to be flexible. And then there's the fact that you have to have money available for injury replacement through the season. Like just getting under the cap is great. But as the season goes on, guys, the Bills, they're going to need probably they need money for their rookie class. They're going to need money for injury replacement. You're still going to need a good five to seven million dollars generally. Yeah. So yesterday, it's funny. We don't I don't think we often point out that one way to use cap space more effectively is more rookie deals. And I, I mentioned this yesterday. A caller late in the show was talking about the Bills' cap situation. And the Bills are a team that, that you know, they like to trade up. They they move up a spot or two. But if you're filling out your roster, I feel like the more draft picks you have on it that make it, if you've got 10 picks going in this draft, coming out of this draft with 10 players on rookie contracts is a – to me, that's like warp speed to getting things back cap compliant and feeling like you're good in the future versus, hey, we have 10 picks. We can trade up a couple times and use six of those selections, and then you're signing guys in free agency because even the cheap free agents end up being bigger cap hits uh, for the most part. So I feel like that that's another reason this draft is so important because they have the opportunity to kind of restock the cupboards. 100% right, Jeremy, but the issue is do you think 10 rookies are making this team? You know what I mean? Like you, you have to also think about the fact that you can draft all those guys, and that would be great if every one of them, ten, ten of them, had rookie contracts to be on your roster. But what's the chances that all ten of those guys are making your team? And you know, then you're taking away, and then how good is your team going to be if that's the case? Because now you only have a 53 man roster, right? So 43 guys 
who on top of maybe an undrafted free agent, let's say, but you're talking 43 guys at least then who would be more than rookies, but you know, 10 guys who are rookies. So I think you have to take into account that those guys might not even make your team. So if you're counting on that, I don't know, you know, how you go about it to just say like, Hey, we're going to make sure we keep them. And then the other thing is if you do draft him, you like him a lot and he doesn't make your team. You might wind up waving them at the end of, um, at the end of camp and then you lose them anyway. So I think it's a balancing act because while 10 picks is great and you're right about that and you want to keep it low, I think it's a dangerous game to play sometimes if you bring all these guys in and knowing we're going to work them and then we're going to lose them at the end because he's not going to make our team anyway. So we also got updates on Matt Milano and Tredavious White. Yeah, so, you know, really good, um, you know, that Brandon Bean touched on their rehab and how they're attacking it. And, you know, he did not want to commit to exactly when either will be available to be you know, participating in on-field activities. They'll say they'll take it, you know, one step at a time, see where it goes, all those kinds of things. But, you know, I, I mean, just by judging from Milano being on the field at the end of the season for playoff games um, and the fact that he was a, a broken leg, I feel myself confident that, you know, Milano's, he, he's going to be probably ready to go at some point during the offseason here and we're not going to have an issue. And, you know, thankfully it wasn't any torn ligaments and stuff like that. As far as Travis White's concerned, guys, it is really going to be interesting how they handle his situation because Bean even said they have to figure out when he's going to be. Is it six weeks from now? Is it one season from now? Is it two seasons from now? That's kind of that's what he said. And I'm thinking, boy, if that's the case, right, if that's the case, then you just can't live at all with the kind of money he's going to make in the contract. Now, I think a lot of fans already think that the Bills should move on from Tredavious White. Or maybe they will move on. I don't think that. Now, that could happen, but he is on a $16 million cap hit this year. They're going to have to do something, I think, to restructure his contract. I can't see how they're going to be able to live with a $16 million cap hit for Jadavious White when you don't know. And Brandon Bean is talking about, we don't, hey, we have to find out if it's, you know, game number five or two years from now. And maybe he's just, you know, leaving open all possibilities. I get that. And he also said it does matter that when in these situations, when you know the guy, you know his character, you know his DNA, and you know how, how hard he works, you're going to feel more confident that he's going to come back bigger, stronger, quicker than a lot of other people. So they're going to have to balance all this stuff with Tredavious. Sal Capaccio from Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. So we've heard from the coach and the GM, and now do we get more into the week and the testing? Yeah. Yeah, we do. So we're going to hear from – defensive linemen and linebackers today uh, and then they're going to start testing tomorrow so really the podium stuff starts happening today with a lot of the prospects and I think I don't know if I told you guys this but it's kind of funny in fact I'm looking right now let me see what the first time is for this Um, actually starting this morning there's some guys already kind of you know talking at podiums but it rolls throughout the day so what's funny is um I, I said to Joe the other day, I think we would be drunk if we took a drink every time we heard the words, have you met with? Yeah. Because everybody in the media wants to know if you met with their team, right? Have you met with this team? Have you met with that team? So I said to Joe, yeah, if we took a drink every time you heard that, um, it, it wouldn't be, it'd be good for us. And you only get, these guys only get 10, 15 minutes on the podium anyway, you know, but you try to just kind of dig in and find out a little bit. But obviously, if you're, you know, interested in that group, you're going to want to be a little bit more, more interested in some of those players. Yeah, I mean, I think defensive line will be listening to find out if the Bills have met with some of these defensive linemen. And if, if they haven't, of course, there's the, 
you know, the visits that are the uh, each team gets their own 30 visits that you can come to the town. You also have pro days. Like there are other opportunities to meet with these players, but defensive line, I don't say this, this draft, the bills need a lot, but we're really keen in on, of course, receiver, but right there with it is defensive line. And there's, there's no doubt that they're going to want to remake their defensive line. No, I agree with that. And over the last few years, they've had some, excuse me, they've had some challenges as far as replenishing like they do this year, guys. And I think this year, you look at the numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight defensive linemen are scheduled to become free agents. Only three, well, actually five, because two signed futures deals, only five defensive linemen for the Bills are actually under contract heading into 2024. Right now, you know, as of March, Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, Kingsley Jonathan, and Cameron Klein on the edge, Ed Oliver and Ilianku at defensive tackle. And I think about that, only two. Ed Oliver and Ilianku are actually under contract at the Bills' defensive tackle position. That is an area where, but I always say, like, if you want to get Jordan Phillips back, maybe he doesn't want to play. I think he talked about possibly thinking about his future. If you want to get a Jordan Phillips back, I think if you want to get a Tim Settle back, I don't think it takes a lot. You can probably do that. But Daquan Jones is going to be an interesting one. If you don't re-sign him, you know, he might cost a little more money. You got, you're going to have to find somebody because, you know, he was such a big impact for your team. And maybe that comes through the draft. Maybe it comes through an early round where, you know, like you said earlier, you can now use a rookie contract in a guy like that. Sal Capaccio from Indianapolis. Thank you, Sal. All right, guys. Have a good one. All right. Sal, of course, we'll be checking in during the Extra Point Show as uh, things roll along, the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. You know, there's one – Sal's got an article up recapping what Bean had to say uh, at our website, WGR550.com. And one of the – it's funny. One of the lines in here – I heard something that Joe Shane said yesterday, GM of the Giants, right? Formerly of the Bills, worked with Brandon Bean, went to the Giants. And he said, we have faith in Daniel Jones, Mm -hmm. quarterback. And that was immediately met with like, oh, I get it. It's lying season for GMs. Because, of course, they don't have total faith in Daniel Jones. But I don't know if this is the Brandon Bean school of being a GM or who Bean learned this from. But I think you'll notice this an awful lot from Bean. He never says a bad word about anybody, Bean. No. And here's Shane saying, we believe in Daniel Jones. There's a quote here in Sal's piece from Bean. There's not a free agent I can think of that I'm going, man, I don't want that guy back. We'll have lots of conversations and see where it goes. But the reality is, there's no way he wants them all back. The the Brandon Bean school of being a GM is never to burn a bridge. Never burn any any bridge. And here's saying there's not a guy I can think of that I think I don't want that guy back. You know, trans, turn that around. I'd love all these guys back. He doesn't want them all back. No. There's no way. You can't have them all back. This team needs to be better in a number of spots. And whether that's they're going to draft young defensive ends, they're going to get help at defensive line, the Gabe Davis conversation, you know, sell – I'll let everyone know the face you made when Sal said, you know, an extra X number of million dollars. Does that mean the bills are, can keep Gabe Davis where well, they didn't think they could. And you kind of, I would describe the look on your face as you shuddered. Like, oh, oh. Yeah. I think that's possible, but that number has to be very low. Nah, there's not a number for me. It would have to be so low. It would have it, to be the number he was on last year. Yeah. Which doesn't seem realistic no. at all. So there's no way you want everybody back. Who else can you go get? What other ideas are there? I was thinking yesterday about trades and, you know, the Justin Fields trade. Is that going to happen before free agency? Will some of these trades happen before free agency? And 
if there's a receiver to be traded out there, like what receivers are actually legitimately going to be traded? Yesterday I've got an article that says Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, and Brandon Ayuk. And I think, like, okay, but who actually will be traded? Yeah, right. Jerry Judy is a name here. Sure. His name has been thrown out in trade rumors. And I was thinking about a, the idea of a Judy trade. And if you told me the Bills traded for Jerry Judy today, I think I'd be disappointed. Me too. Judy is an idea. Yeah. Forget forget price. I don't even think he'll be that expensive. But you wouldn't get the savings of a rookie receiver. Nope. But even past that, if the Bills were to make any sort of receiver move now, it would feel like they would limit the potential for what they can do. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want them to make any sort of move no, no. where it feels like they can't take the receiver in the first round based on who it might be that falls. I mean, if Troy Franklin is there and you don't take him because, well, we already made a trade for a receiver and we don't feel like we need one as much. I don't think there's really anything wrong with being desperate. The reality is the Bills are desperate. Sh- should be desperate. Sh- sure, both. They are very desperate at this position and they've got to make it happen. I don't want them to shut a door on that early. I want to believe that they believe that they should be or are desperate for wide receiver. I felt like they should have been last year. Yes, for sure. So part of this is, yeah, what you're saying is right. Like you don't want, you don't want to put a ceiling or a cap on what they can do to get better in the draft, especially early in the draft. But that's not it, Jeremy. I know you too well. You want to wait for the draft so that we can all actually find out just how desperate they are. Because if they do nothing, if they don't get a, if they, let's just say their answer at wide receiver is Noah Brown in free agency. Oh, no. Right. That is, that is a, I don't even, that's not even a move. That's barely a move, right? He's a good, he's a fine player and whatever. But that is not a move that should stop you from taking a wide receiver in every round. But I guess my point is, is I think you and myself and a lot of people want to know what they actually think of their room at, at wide receiver. And the only way that we're really going to know that is if they don't really make a move in free agency, how high they pick a receiver, yeah. how aggressive they get on draft. Are they going to move up for one? Because they've moved up for defenders. They've moved up for Dalton Kincaid. Would they move up for a receiver? Because doing it in the first round would really be the first time they admitted we gotta get, we we need something here bad. Wait, we need someone good. We need to spend a premium asset at this position right now. The first time since twenty twenty when they traded for Diggs. Yeah, which you know that was a premium asset. I bet they will sign at least one. Maybe that's Sherfield back for cheap. Sure. I mean Sherfield didn't do much. Maybe they're plenty satisfied with what he did hardy's a restructure slash cut candidate save money there that just didn't really do much he did have a big play he did in the game against miami and he did start to show a little bit of the yak ability but he was never really a part of the offense it is it is the (laughs) maybe it's i don't want to go cart before the horse here because what has to happen is they've got to fill out their roster, and then we go to training camp, and then we start asking Joe Brady, like, all right, what are you going to do with this offense? How are you going to build this? But what they did last year under Brady is kind of scary, and even to a point where, I don't know if you caught this, I've referenced a few times, Adam Rank had a piece at NFL.com, three blockbuster receiver trades that should happen, and he listed Diggs here as one of the trades that should happen, and whatever, you 
push that aside. Forget what you think about Diggs and that idea. He wrote this paragraph about the Diggs idea that I found to be bone-chilling. Ready? The Bills became more of a running team under Brady, who who earned the full-time gig in January. Full-time offensive coordinator gig. Meaning, ready for this, Nate? Diggs became more of a luxury. Kind of like a satellite cable service. It might have been cool a decade ago. Now it's just a fancy decoration on your roof. Is Adam Rank suggesting that good receivers are a luxury and the Bills don't need them? The idea... He's leaning in on they should trade him because they became a running team? Yeah, that's that's a little crazy. To me, that's the wrong takeaway. They're, they're not about to be this heavy run team. They had one game against Dallas where they ran their faces off because it worked. Yep. Brady flat out said, that wasn't the plan. It just worked. Yeah. It, we just kept going. So, Adam Rank, yeah, trade digs because, you know, you don't really need him anymore. <laughs> what? Like a... Spit take. Yeah. So I found that chilling. And I'm hoping it's again, cart before a horse. We're gonna we're gonna see if they go receiver in the first round, I can also, I think, put to bed any sort of fear that this is a run heavy team. Mm-hmm. If you come back with Yeah, you're right. If you come yeah. back with Noah Brown and no high draft pick and I'm just Or a ro- second or a third round pick. Sure. Yeah. And I've replaced Davis with a cheaper version of Davis that's exactly the same. You know, I could still be a good passing team because I've got Josh Allen and Shakir and Kincaid both look really good and, like, they might take the next step, and I think Diggs is still great. But, man, I I need that receiver not only to help the passing game, but to show me that it is still the thing that they value. It's still their fastball. That's, I, that's a term McDermott has used. I want to feel like the Bengals. Yeah. And if you have – you, let's say this. If they end up with a really good first-round receiver, Jeremy, and he's good right away, and you have Diggs, really good receiver, really good uh, emerging Shakir, and really good Dalton Kincaid. Oh, you're unstoppable. And a good running game? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah. 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 Let's see it. Yeah. Sabres head coach Don Granato. We rescheduled him from yesterday to next segment. So stay tuned. We'll ask him about uh, his bench minor and their loss in Florida last night. 803-0550 if you want to chime in. Sabres head coach Don Granato next. It's time to talk Sabres hockey. Let's get the inside story. Here's Sabres head coach Don Granato. The Don Granato Show is being brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. By Losi and Ganji, workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. By Roy's Plumbing, just call Roy's today. We'll take the worry away. And by Town Ford. When you think Ford, think of Town Ford. Now with head coach Don Granato, here's Jeremy White and Joe DiBiase. Good morning. Jeremy and Nate, Joe's off today. We'll get right to it with Sabres head coach Don Granado. Don, good morning. Good morning, Jeremy and, and Nate. Good morning. So, lost last night to the Florida Panthers. I want to ask, I mean, might as well get right to it. The, the bench minor and uh, what, what goes on in those moments and how, how, I mean, you looked pretty fired up and officiating was a, a bit of a conversation after the game. Well, I, I can tell you I was a lot more fired up than I looked. Um, I, don't, I don't know quite what I looked like, but uh, unfortunately, you've got to you got to have some control, <laughs> but uh, very, very frustrating. Um, and as I mentioned, after the game, you, you, as a coach, you're 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 in a tough position because you you need to stand up to your players. Uh, you know, you want them focused on the game. Um, when you uh, see what transpired, um, didn't like it, and it was uh, it, it was a tough one. Um, thought there were uh, the, the call that was made um, had not been called earlier in the game, and a couple of times uh, Thompson coming through neutral ice, uh, Greenway in the offensive zone, and then now the call that call is made. So, um, it, it, among other things, uh, you know, in that game with our guys taking punches to the heads and and no call, and you know, you ask your team to to play from. Uh, puck drop to the whistle. Um, you, you you know, they, they do it and then they take an extra punch after the whistle uh, uh, and you don't benefit from it. I mean, those are the things that, uh, that, that can frustrate you and, and, and add up. So, um, and, and a big thing too, you, you know, I think um, as a coach, you, um, and as a team, you, you want, everybody wants communication. Everybody wants uh, respect and, um, you know, there there needs to be that communication. Uh, Clifton had a penalty. I think everyone knows that uh, in that game, it's pretty easy to see. Uh, he goes to the box, but there was nothing. It was the uh, the, the player sticking his own stick. It wasn't it wasn't Clifton, and uh, we end up killing a penalty for that. So, lots of things added up, obviously. And again, you're in a position where you have to stand up. Unfortunately, you're in a position. Uh, you're in a position as a coach, you got to stand up to your team. And unfortunately, different situations arise where 
um, you know, you, you feel you're, you're put in a spot where you absolutely have to. Yeah. Without making it results-based and more processed there, I mean, it sounds like you feel like it's important for you to show that emotion in that moment. They, they score on the five-on-three. Did you have any regrets or have you had regrets since then about how that all transpired, or is it just something you feel is indeed necessary? Well, you know, again, if you look at the standard that's set and has been set for 50-some games, um, but we haven't had a, we haven't had a call uh, in in that situation. You know, very rarely uh, our teams put five on three, but also very rarely is that called without a warning, without communication prior. Um, so, um, I mean, you you can regret anything, um, but you, you know you're in a if a standard set and I could go game to game to game, when has that ever been called like that? Um, you know, we're at game 50, whatever, and, and uh, 58, 59 now, and uh, that hasn't been called. So how do you predict it then? Yeah. Don, I wanted to ask you about uh, Zach Benson because I was just on Twitter, and there's like a minute, minute and a half long like highlight reel of – bad calls against him specifically and like he gets the the call early in the first period where he gets called for a hold that didn't really look like a hold and then he gets taken down in the corner and it's a four on four like how do you as a coach look at Zach who's a young player I joked with Jeremy I'm like well he's too young to have a reputation to be getting ticky tack calls all the time but the way that he plays you want him to play the way that he plays. He plays with a huge engine. I call him like the the muscle hamster when he plays because he's just he's small, but he plays with a lot of energy. As a coach, how do you just tell him you you keep going? Don't worry about those types of calls. We need you to play this certain way. Well, that's just it. You're, if you're going to be telling him that at some point, you got to you got to stand up for him. You know, you you want him focused on hockey. Um, so at some point, you 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 can't you can't support him and, and try to, you know, maintain, help him maintain a focus on playing and then not defend him. Um, and the first call that you, you referenced was a coincidental call, uh, meaning they took both players. And But if you look at how Zach was thrown into the boards, um, an, a, a number of injuries could have happened because of the way he was thrown into the back wall. Um and that should not, I mean, it's, it's tough to say, wow, that's equal, you know, two for one guy, two for the other guy. Um, when you have excess liberties taken. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 that's what you do, I guess, Nate, is you, you, you know, you you want him to maintain a focus on playing the right way, playing, playing hard. Um, but you've got to make sure you back him up when you're doing that as saying that as a coach and you want him to stay focused on that. You've got to help him out. It was almost two consecutive games of comebacks that are fueled maybe a bit by, you know, the team feeling like there's been injustice. I mean, Carolina was the Hurricanes getting a lead in a power play that felt like it was the wrong call, and then Owen Power scores that goal to tie it. There's a lot of emotion in the building. Last night, you get it 3-2 on the Thompson goal, and I wonder if the, the players feel that in that moment. You know, you're on the road, maybe you're embattled. Anybody that's played in an environment where you feel like I'm not. These are my words, not yours. But the officials are working against you. Sometimes that can kind of, I don't know, galvanize the group. Like, we're gonna, you know, bleep these guys. We're gonna win. 
And it's two straight games it felt like the team was playing with that late in the game. Yeah, I, I would agree on that. Um, you know, again, there's, uh, th- there was plenty of, that you could be aggravated with, and I think our guys were. Um, but, you know, they, they want to win. They, they feel they can. They see a way they can. And, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy uh, for that. I'm proud of them for that. Um, you know, you, 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 you fight all sorts of elements. Let's face it, we're in sports. You're always going to fight different elements and, and elements we're talking about, and, and, and you got to rise. So, um, you know, at the end of it, there, there is no excuse. But, um, but you know, it's, it's going to be part of it. Uh, it's, it's another piece of adversity that's part of what we do. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you want to win. So, yeah. Not happy with it. Don, end of game strategy, communication to get Luke in and off the ice. What is? Do you guys have a, a process you follow there? It seemed like there were a couple opportunities for him to maybe go, and then when he does, he gets sent back into his own end, and maybe you, you didn't get nearly as much time with an extra attacker that maybe you could have. How, how do you guys design the game plan in those moments? Is it opponent-specific? Is it game-specific? It's, it's situation, really. Um Situation. There is there is a, an element of all of that, Jeremy. So you, you you've watched their uh, five on six for them um, prior to the game. You know you know you know in all likelihood how they posture, what they do. Um, but when it comes down to the to the running clock in the last three minutes, you're, you're managing it. But you know, unlike football, there's not a stoppage. Uh, you have to create the stoppage. You know, and and get a whistle. Um, so now you're at the mercy of line rotation. Um, are there five fresh guys? Are there two fresh guys are out and three still need to change? Uh, what's the situation coming off the other bench? Is it their top line? Um, you know, is it our top line? Uh, you know, for us last night, um, you know, is Darlene, is Darlene power out there? Um, you know, all of those are happening over the course of, if there's no whistle, over the course of three minutes. So you're trying to gauge all of that and obviously the possession and what, what part of the ice is possession, what posture is the other team in when you have possession. Are they line changes? Do you think you're going to get access to the zone? If you do, you can come now even when you're in the neutral zone. So, uh, so many different elements to, to uh, um, you know, to be computing while that clock is running uh, and not knowing if you're going to get another stoppage. Um, so every day is a little bit different uh, in regard to that, but but those are some of the things you're watching for. Sabres head coach Don Granado joining us. Don, big picture, one of the changes you've made that I think has gone pretty well, Peyton Krebs uh, in more of a scoring potential role. We saw him on the feed to Owen Power, and I wonder if you're at all surprised by Krebs' Uh, resurgence there. I mean, he, he he came in as a prospect that was highly touted in his playmaking ability and had been asked to play a different role for a little while. So where do you see Krebs, his, uh, his current game and how this might all blend together? Yeah. You know, he, he was put in a different role. I I don't know that he was necessarily asked uh, to play a different role in the sense of uh, for his career uh, say, but what we did is we talked a lot about him, uh, a lot to him about his role being with Akposo and Gergensen in, in a fourth line capacity, and said, "Hey Peyton, we we have all the faith in the world in you and your potential and the skill uh, game that you can play uh, and potential, but you didn't have an opportunity in junior because you don't 
you don't in junior, you, you, you just score. <laughs> you, you don't really need – no one holds you accountable for any mistakes because you're one of the best players in, in the world uh, when you're a junior player at his caliber. Uh, and the coach is throwing you in offensive situations. You don't have to pay attention to defense. You don't have to pay attention to details in, uh, in those areas or situational awareness. So he, he, he uh, you know, alongside Ocposo and Gergensons, I think he, he absorbed a lot from those two. Uh, in, in building a foundation for his game, situational awareness. We went through a lot in film. And now when we move him up a line uh, or two, uh, put him back in more of a scoring role, he has a foundation under him uh, that just he can discern situations and pick his spots uh, with more intelligence and more hindsight, more awareness, and um, we'll have a better player at the end of that. And I think we're seeing that. Don, do you use that as like a developmental model for guys that are coming up? Like, I mean, you have a lot of offensive-minded players in the system in Rochester right now, and whether it's the end of this year or the beginning of next year, especially during training camp, do you view like how you guys have slowly developed, and you're talking about developing his defensive game, and now you look at him as, a, as probably a more polished two-way player rather than an offensive heavy player. When you have guys like that in your system, is that a model that you guys want to use moving forward to get your team filled with players that can play both ways? Yes, uh, Nate, and I think it's not that we want to. It's that now we're in that spot that we can. I think, you know, when when I uh, came in here, you know, in, in, in two and a half years ago or uh, you know, three, three and a half, well, I'm in my third full season now, um, we, we needed to take players like Middlestead, Thompson, and Cousins and make them believe they were legitimate NHL scorers. And we just, we needed to score. And, and, and so you forewent, okay, some of the stuff that you're now be able to do with Peyton Krebs and say, hey, you really, your first focus when you come to the NHL has got to be on this, building this foundation. And we were, we were a franchise that we just needed to create some, some, some energy of scoring and, and some star power in and, and, and that regard. And so that first phase of guys, had that opportunity, uh, and they, they did a nice job. Middlestead and Thompson and and, uh, and Tuck, obviously career highs and Cousins, and now as a team, they're all getting better defensively. You know, they they've gotten better this year in those situations as our team needs to do it. And, and Peyton's almost been in the reverse. And I use Peyton as an example. What he's gone through is kind of what our team is going through right now. Um, that, you know, through through a big part of the season is, is learning how to play that style of game, um, knowing that our scoring will come back, is building that base stronger. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's we're in a better situation as a franchise now to do what we're do, doing with Peyton, with with players coming up uh, this point forward. Sabres head coach Don Granado. Don, thanks for the time. Enjoy the rest of the trip, and uh, best of luck tomorrow in Tampa. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Don Granado's appearance here on WG. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. PR is brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth by Losey and Ganji, workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys. Working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers by Town Ford. When you think of Ford, think of Town Ford. And by Royce Plumbing. Just call Royce today. We'll take the worry away. When we get back, it is comeback trivia. Your chance to win a $50 gift card to Acropolis. Opa. Comeback trivia. Next. Time for comeback trivia from Acropolis. You win a $50 gift card to Acropolis. You can eat like a king. Love Acropolis. So here it is. It's always comeback-based trivia. One of the best comebacks of all time. The Red Sox and Yankees in the ALCS when the Red Sox trailed three games to none at home. Game four, bottom of the ninth. Who sparked the rally by stealing second base in the ninth for the Boston Red Sox? First correct caller to 2214WGR wins a $50 gift card to Acropolis. Who sparked the rally for the Red Sox stealing second base? I mean, first, you know, somebody got on base. And then stole second. Hmm? We'll get our correct answer, and then we'll let you know. And then the winner can go to Acropolis. You can go whenever you want, though. You don't have to win this contest to go. You it's, can right, just, it's right next to my barber. You can just so. go. Yeah. Pretty convenient for me. Nice. We got our correct answer. We got our winner. <laughs> it is funny, though. Josh, when I was telling him what the question was going to be, he said, I don't know who this is. Like, well, yeah. I've got an idea. You're probably a little too young for this. This is where me, Grandpa, starts telling you old <laughs> stories from Jeez. way back in the day. We Grandpa. have We have a winner. Of course, those of you that remember that fateful game, it was... Dave Roberts. Oh, okay. Didn't Our pinch runner, Dave Roberts, is going to come in for Boston. He can run. Picked up from the Dodgers. Miller still waiting for his first pitch. Roberts is going. Posada's throw. Roberts, safe. Let me tell you, watching that highlight back, it's pretty cool. One, it's a close play. Dave Roberts, like the coach for the, the Dodgers? Like the manager for the Dodgers? Same guy? Yep. Wow. Okay, I... That feels I feel old a little on that one then. He's only fifty one. Yeah. But uh on that play, how about Joe Buck? Dave Roberts, he can run. First pitch. He's running. Listen, I know Joe Buck gets a lot of he catches a lot of strays. He is the elite baseball announcer, man. I, I those World Series with him as yeah. he was that's when you knew it was big time baseball. Like it was it was the it was the big time of year, important time of year when Joe Buck was was calling baseball games. I don't think I would dispute that. I don't think I would. Who else? Who, when I'm thinking about World Series highlights, who I'm hearing, sometimes there's Bob Costas in there. But I think Joe Buck is probably right. Yeah. There's a lot of Buck. Yeah. Anyway, Dave Roberts. Let's come back trivia. Susan wins. Congratulations, Susan. You've won a $50 gift card to Acropolis. Opa. Come back trivia. 
That one was an easy one. Sometimes we've done like comeback player of the year trivia, and uh, this one was just I. It's, it's a good one. Let me think of a great comeback. It's oh, what that's the kids right. would say is a deep cut. Yeah, maybe. Kinda. That was back when it's funny. Like the three zero series deficit was this un you could never do it. And it happens now, all the time now, now in every sport. It's, it's been done a few times. Yeah, not that unusual anymore. Still unlikely, but not exactly unusual. 803-0550, our phone number. When we return, we're talking combine, talking draft prospects. This is uh, quarterbacks, receivers, Derek Klassen. He is at uh, on Twitter at QB Class with a K and writes for one of my favorite sites, Reception Perception, Bleacher Report, the 33rd team. So we're going to dig in the quarterbacks a bit and find out how many are going to go. The main reason I think, Nate, you can speak to this, to focus on the quarterbacks is because we want as many to go as possible. Seven. Draft them all. <laughs> get them out of there. Move that Bills pick up seven spots, basically, by getting all quarterbacks in the first round, as many as you want. So, Derek Klassen joins us uh, next. 803-0550 to join us on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 